Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement on a Josh Allen Tuesday. Josh will be here shortly. He's in the green room right now. He's playing Super Smash Brothers with my son. Thank you, Josh. Very cool of you to do that. I got on my Josh shirt. I got the J17 Blend mug. I got the J17 Blend blend coffee. I got the painting by our guy Pyrrhic Smith, Peyton Manning. I got the sauces with his face on. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a... A 65-year-old woman going to Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee with all her Elvis gear on. Only, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here in my own basement in my house, and Josh is coming here like it is every Tuesday. Lots to talk about, because we haven't seen Josh in a while. He last played a football game five days ago and beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. We have to debrief on that a little bit, and we've got to talk about his next Thursday night game, which is two days from now. This is two days before game day. Plays the Patriots team, a game, two teams... Looking towards the playoffs, looking pretty good, uh, although the Patriots did lose to the Vikings. We're going to talk to Josh about Major League, 1987, Corbin Burns and Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Pedro Serrano. Uh, that's the latest installment of the Josh Allen Film Festival. He's never seen it before. If you're just joining us now, we've been watching this all season. Josh watches movies from before he was born in 1996 that he's never seen before, and he gives a, a rating. We've done Heat, Shawshank, uh, The Shining, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, on and on and on. This week's movie, Major League. Also, we're going to talk about the number one story in the NFL this year. It's a team in the AFC that is not the Buffalo Bills. I'll talk about that shortly. Um, Ravens are an interesting spot. Interesting thing goes on with, going on with Lamar, his coach. They just lost to the Jaguars, and he went real toxic on Twitter. I want to talk about that, not even so much specifically about Lamar, just about athletes still doing that. We've been at Twitter for a long time now, and they're still making that mistake, and you hate to see it. Uh, also, I said it's been five days since Thanksgiving. I don't care. I'm finally ready to break down the turkey trot fail at the, at the finish line. Have you seen that video? God, it's good. It's just good. It's fun to watch. It's fun to laugh at. We're going to do all of that. Um, Josh on Tuesday, but it's also a free throw Tuesday. Go to the Sky Cam. Not a chance. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's harder than it looks. People make fun of me for that. How come you can't ever make a shot? I don't know. I have pretty good motor skills. I did not exercise today, so I don't have that as an excuse. It's hard. It's harder than it looks. It's farther than it looks. I just can't make it. But I can tell you what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Okay, so what is the number one story in the NFL? At the end of the year, the night before the Super Bowl, they had the NFL Honors Awards Ceremony, and they hand out MVP, and Comeback Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year. If they were to do Story of the Year, it's not a category, let's just say it was. Story of the Year, most interesting thing that happened this year. What is it? I think the Jets are a really big story. Um, was the Giants for a while? Was Geno Smith for a while? Kind of the Seahawks, that's kind of petering out. Um, I really think it's not the Jets. I think the most interesting story in the entire NFL this year is also a team in the AFC East. I think it's Miami Dolphins. I do. And I know a lot of Bills fans are watching and listening today because Josh Allen Tuesday. But listen, the Dolphins have been fascinating. And fascinating in the sense that I don't think really anybody expected much at all. 
Certainly not for them to be eight and three, eight and three, and certainly not the performance from Tua Tagovailoa. Mike McDaniel, who was a huge part of the most interesting story of the year, uh, was talking about Tua this week, about where he came from, about how Tua was really put down upon, was frowned upon, was mocked, was criticized. Was it was this year was going to be like, oh, we'll give Tua one more shot, and then we'll move on and draft somebody. And McDaniel, who was obviously coming from his own own different place, got in his uh, comfortable, deliberate monotone and talked about the journey of Tua this year as a player and as a person. This was just using intuition that uh, getting beat up and having your existence be be completely tainted by people saying that you aren't X, Y, or Z. Seeing him every practice once he started getting, um, you know, a little bit more confidence each and every day, you could see his personality evolve. And that's when, that's when I learned kind of how deep it was because I'm learning his personality. The first day I meet, meet him is who I know him as. And then you fast forward a month and a half, and he's a different guy, then retroactively, you're like, wow, that was real. Yeah, it was. It was real for me. It was, um, I can remember very well back in the summer when you start to get to that position where you start to predict how the season's going to go and weigh in with who you like and how the wins, losses are going to shake out, who's going to win the divisions, who's going to get the playoff spots. And no one was picking for Miami. Just very little love. The coach, unusual, eccentric, the Tyreek thing. It doesn't seem like a fit. And um, I remember I was doing Good Morning Football, and we, were ha- we had Jason McCourty on. And I say we had him on because he wasn't a regular on the show yet. He was kind of just visiting, and maybe he was going to get the job. It was sort of a little bit of an audition vibe. And he played with Tua last year. Jason was on the Dolphins last year. He was a safety. He played with Tua. And Peter and I especially were like, yeah, Tua just doesn't seem like he has it. He hasn't shown much. Hasn't really given us that spark. No reason to think he's going to make some crazy jump. And I remember Jason was like, dude, Tua is good. And we're like, he is? And I liked him at Alabama. He's like, no, 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 no. He's going to really shock some people this year. Based on what? What are you talking about? This under Brian Flores was just such a reach. And everyone wanted Fitzpatrick over him a couple of years ago. And he's like, the way he commands the, the, the offense in practice, the way he throws the football, his presence. He's a really good guy. People want to win for him. They want to play with him. And it, he made this great presentation, and we listened to it, and we're sitting here with the guy who just walked off the playing field and was a teammate of Tua's. And we're like, yeah, it's cool, man. Anyway, he doesn't look really good. We're not picking the Dolphins. And here we are, 8-3. Eight 8-3, and three. Eight and, three, um, and they've beaten some really good teams. They've beaten New England. They've beaten Buffalo. They've beaten Baltimore. They've beaten Pittsburgh. They, they, they beat Cleveland. Like, you name it. Good teams, average teams, doesn't matter. They're 8-3. and three, And as you know, they haven't lost a game that he started. It's an incredible thing that's happened. And I think it is he and McDaniel both together. McDaniel, if you had, if you had seen that picture, that clip we just showed, five years ago, or certainly 15 years ago, when you were a kid, and it was like, this is the Dolphins head coach. That's the guy? That's him, that skinny little guy in the glasses with the monotone who seems to have no charisma, definitely doesn't look like he played in the league. Like, that's the coach? Yeah, it's the coach. And he's sharp as hell, and he has changed this thing like that. You know how many Dolphins coaches they've had come in and out of that place? Coaches, GMs, quarterbacks. Bam. You start naming them. 
Adam Gase was there five minutes ago. He got him to the playoffs, actually, and then just gone. Um, I just don't think anything is more unpredictable than this idea that Tua would come out there and be among the lead leaders in stats, passing, offense. It's Tyreek. It's Waddle. It doesn't matter. It's 50 different tight ends that they have. It just works. It works. And guess what they played this week? They played the Niners, Mike McDaniel's old employers. The team that I have said many times on this show, that they're the scariest team in the league, that no one wants them on the schedule. The defense is insane. The offense is physical. That is the game of the week. Dolphins-Niners. Mike McDaniel versus his old guys. Dolphins win that game. They beat the Niners. It's like, I think the Dolphins are in the mix for a top four team in the league. I said it earlier this week. I think the NFC title game would be San Francisco at Philadelphia. I just really respect those two teams. In the AFC, it's way harder. Buffalo, Kansas City... Um, Miami, there's teams that are kind of always just hang around. Cincinnati, Tennessee, Baltimore, who we'll talk about in a little bit. I don't like anybody else in the West. I, I don't like the Patriots that much. I don't think the Jets are ready, but there's two teams that I love in the NFC, and I think there's five or six in the AFC. Miami is one of them. It's a crazy place that they've come from. You know, if you talk about the, the grandeur for them this season, getting to a title game or getting to a Super Bowl, it's very rare that that happens, that type of ascension. It's very rare that someone like Tua, for example, would go from never being in a playoff game directly to the Super Bowl. It almost never happens. Tough to find that guy, that sensation who doesn't even get their feet wet with a wild card game like Jalen Hurts did last year doesn't win a playoff game or two before they get to the big one like Josh is trying to do, like Lamar's trying to do, even Mahomes. You know, Mahomes in his second year, they they lose the title game to the Pats. But that was that, like, experience year, and then the next year they come back and do the whole thing. Tua and the Dolphins look great. I still would have a really hard time predicting them to get to the Super Bowl. Let's say they win out this season. They beat the Bills again. All these things. Who knows if they're going to happen? Let's say they finish 14-3. and I still wouldn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. It's just things happen in the playoffs if you have not been there yet. And so many guys on their team have not been there. Now, Tyreek's been there a lot. But Tyreek's a wide receiver. Tua's not. A lot of guys in their defense have not. McDaniel has, but not as a head coach. I just the fact that we're even having this conversation as we're rounding into December about could the Dolphins go to the Super Bowl? They're not my pick to the Super Bowl. But I think that they, it makes sense they can get in the divisional round of the title game. It's really, really cool. And when they have that story, sort of something outlandish happening in the second half of the season. Uh, the Packers making the playoffs or some other crazy team making a run out of nowhere. Um, I think they're the story of the year. I do the Miami Dolphins. Now, Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots. There's two or three bangers in there. Real, real big games. And I know the Bills fans have a lot of unsettled business with the Dolphins fans because they had that first loss of the season for the Bills. Remember that game and the heat and Bills were without a bunch of their players and at the last second they couldn't get the ball snapped and Ken Dorsey got all upset. And I mean, that was, that feels like a year ago. That will be the payback for that game, and that game will be in Buffalo. So a lot to be proven, but if I had to weigh in right now, number one story of the entire 2020 NFL season, the Miami Dolphins, their quarterback, their head coach. It's very cool. A lot of work to be done, but great story. Let's get into what I hate. It's also in the AFC. So the Ravens lost to Jacksonville. You hate to see it. It <laughs> doesn't happen very much lately. It was a really good day where all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence looked like the quarterback that everyone's been telling us he is since he was in high school. 
and Doug Peterson and everybody always loves him and these playmakers are doing things and they beat Baltimore come from behind Justin Tucker can't make a 67 yard field goal and they lose Lamar didn't play badly but he didn't play as well as Trevor Lawrence and he couldn't get the game for him and everything with Lamar there's always this waiting for you to win the big big one thing and waiting for you to sign the contract which he hasn't hasn't done so afterwards I don't know if you saw this but after the game, he went and responded to someone on Twitter, not some massive media member or not some writer for the Baltimore Sun. Raw looks at it, just a guy who came out and criticized him and said that, you know, we, we need Justin Tucker to win us the game and this is the quarterback we're supposed to pay a quarter of a billion dollars, not happening, something like that. And Lamar, I'm going to paraphrase too, but replied to the guy in the aftermath of the game with a little bit about you never played the game, you never come close to the field, you know, uh, shut your mouth or whatever, and then something about all you do is eat bleeps and, you know, came off a little bit homophobic and he got hammered for that. And it was just a really, really ugly tweet. Um, but more, more interesting to me than it was an athlete saying something ugly, it was just very surprising because that has never seemed to be Lamar's MO. He seems to be pretty even keeled guy. And after this week, John Harbaugh was asked about it a couple times as head coach. And he echoed some of that, that that didn't seem like Lamar. This is his head coach talking about Lamar losing composure after the loss to Jacksonville. We talk a lot. We talk a lot about football. But we also talk a little bit about that stuff, too, you know, what goes on in terms of the media and everything. And, and really, you know, it's, it just beg guys not to, you know, not to get into the Twitter world right after the game, especially after a loss. It's never going to be positive. It's not going to be a nice place, you know. And... Uh, I think that's kind of reflected in, in Lamar's response because what he said was just so out of character for him. That's not the way he speaks. It's not the way he talks. It's not the words he ever uses. I've never heard him say things like that before. Yeah, I haven't either, and it was rough, and he deleted it, but of course then it's too late. And I'm less interested in, I, I, in you know taking Lamar to task for, which has already been done and is not really my job. Just the observation, though, of athletes still doing that. So we've had Twitter, Twitter started to get really big in around 2009, 2010. So, you know, we're, we're rounding into 13, 14 years of this being part of everyday life. And I don't know when Lamar joined it, but it's nuts that that's still going on. The reckless, rash, offensive public figure tweet afterwards. Um, and broaden this out to more than just Lamar. It's interesting that after you lose a game or you have a bad day at work, you immediately go to your mentions. And that's just, look, I do the same thing. And I'm going to compare myself to this a lot because I'm trying to empathize and I'm trying not to make it about Lamar. But in any sort of public, whether you work in media or you're a politician or anything, if you have a bad day or you lose a debate or you just embarrass yourself on TV or anything, to go to your mentions, you think, oh, don't go to there. Well, you never want to see that. Well, that's kind of what we do all day. It's not that I'm going there after a bad day. I just kind of am living on social media, healthy or unhealthy, all day. And the fact that he did that and didn't have the idea or the composure to stop, and I think you go through stages of this. You see something and you're kind of just pissed at yourself and you're self-loathing and you almost want to read the bad stuff just to make you feel even worse because you're all emotional. And so you find something and here's this person, again, not some massive media figure or someone he knows, somebody he's dealt with, and it's just a straight up insult to you and you're not worth the money and get out of here. And then you, you get kind of pissed about it and then you click on their profile and 
I imagine you, you read about them and start looking through some of the other tweets and they don't have a lot of followers and you read in their little bio and see their picture and then you're just so mad in Lamar's case that you start, you, you hit reply. It's just, it all happens in slow motion in my mind as I'm watching this and you start typing out this, this and this and you're so mad and it's toxic and caustic and you're trying to just really insult them. And then there's that moment where you're like, you look at it and you're like, I got this written. I think I'm going to hit send and you, and you hit send. It's in that moment that I wish that athletes who I really like and people who I really respect, I, I wish that they could stop themselves. I wish there was some way to safeguard it on their phone or a hotline to call about, hi, I'm thinking about sending this tweet. Do you think I should do it? And someone would just be like, just chill out, just relax. Put it in your draft for a while, put your phone down, go have a glass of water, relax, and then revisit it. Because it's just, God, it's bad. It's really bad. And there's a couple bad parts about it. One, obviously, it makes you look bad and unprofessional, especially after you lose to Jacksonville, that you're snapping back at some dude online. And then, but on a much more human way, if that person, let's say, let's take it away from the Lamar. Let's say someone is just calling you a loser and you should die in a fire or whatever people say online. If you read that and you get angry about that person and you want that person to suffer or feel bad, which you should, it's a terrible thing to do, don't reply to them as a public figure because that makes them feel great. It doesn't matter if you reply and say you're a loser, you've never done this and you have no followers and I could, I have more money than you. It doesn't matter. Imagine just being Joe Schmo every single day who goes to work and whatever he does in his average ordinary day, every job, and he's like, he tweets at people and you suck and you suck and then one day he gets a reply from a star quarterback or a movie star or an elected official. That is the coolest thing that's ever happened to him. Even if that reply is telling him that he sucks and he's a loser. Doesn't matter. He goes around telling all his friends and his family, you will not believe what happened to me today. I said Lamar Jackson sucks and he's not worth all the money and we should get you give it to the kicker. And then he told me that I've never been on the field before. It was so incredible. They freeze that, they screen cap it, they print it, they frame it. If you're if at the very most basic level, if you wanted that person to suffer for coming at you, don't reply to them. That makes their, their year. That is the coolest thing that will happen to that guy all year. I'm not even talking about the guy who tweeted at Lamar. I'm talking about the guy who tweets at public figures and tells them they suck. It's hard. It's really hard not to get sucked in. Look, I get tweets. You suck. Good morning football sucks. What you said sucks. You're a loser. Get up all the time. I mean, not all the time, but as much as one would. And I look at him and I never, ever, ever reply. I just don't. I never reply negatively. Sometimes I'll say, well, thanks for watching, whatever, but I never elevate it because screw that person. They're not getting my attention. They're not getting the validation that I saw their tweet, read it and replied to them. I'm not doing that. And also I just think it's a really bad look. I do. I hate Twitter beef. Twitter beef, now that's different than responding to fans. But Twitter beef among media members, it's so pathetic, it's so low rent, it's so beneath so many of the people who engage in it. And sometimes they're engaging it just to gather a crowd and gather traction and gather followers, and that's a whole different thing. But these people just kicking each other in the shins back and forth, successful media people, athletes, whoever, it's so pathetic. It's a high school cafeteria fight, and I hate it so much. And I've had a couple people call me out who are media members, I don't reply. I'd much rather DM them or text them or call them. It's hard to resist, though, because you feel like everybody's watching. And the Lamar thing, I mean, it's just, I guess more than anything, I'm not, I'm not saying Lamar's a bad guy or not a smart guy or anything like that. It's almost like, oh, man, Lamar, I root for you. 
I'm disappointed that you did that. It's a really basic, lame thing to do that you would do like if you were a rookie or if you're new to Twitter and you're neither. And none of those guys are. That's why I like these guys like there's some quarterbacks in the league especially who just don't do anything on Twitter. They just don't. They stay away from it. They don't reply. And it always works out better, but they can't resist. I don't know. I feel kind of emotional about the Lamar thing just because I read that. I follow Lamar, so I didn't even have to see it on a news posting. I just saw it as, in real time. I'm just scrolling. I'm like, oh, my God, Lamar, is that real? <laughs> is that his real account? Yeah, it was. Takes it down, has to answer questions about it. It's just bad. Bad look. And I hope Lamar picks it up. So there's a lot of people jumping ship on the Ravens because they lost to Jacksonville. I'm not. They just had a four-game winning streak. Uh, they're a first-place team. They beat the Bengals. Everyone's on the Bengals bandwagon. I like the Bengals, too. But I still think the Ravens are a playoff team. Standard-issue Ravens team, maybe. I don't know if they're going to the Super Bowl. I still like the team, though. And I hope they put this behind them. And I put, hope the tweet thing doesn't come up again. Because it will if they keep losing. And people like to hang on to that stuff. Just don't get to that point where you hit tweet. You feel, make you feel better to write it out sometimes and say these things to that person, that guy who is just sitting in his living room in his apartment somewhere. Don't hit the tweet. Just don't do it. Um, Lamar, that's it. It's what I hate. I hate athletes who act out like that, who attack on Twitter, not the place for it. But what I love, a second version of what I love is coming up a little bit because it's Josh Allen. But first, we got to quickly get to what's hilarious. We got to do this. Let's go. All right, so the turkey trot. I know this is last Thanksgiving. The video is so good, I don't care if it was Thanksgiving from 1985. Um, we used to do a turkey game, football game, in my family, and then we stopped because too many hamstrings and too much arguing. And then there's a turkey trot. Good spirit of a turkey trot because it's this day of gluttony. And you know what? Before you stuff your face full of soggy bread, uh, why don't you get out and go for a 5K? You can walk it, you can jog it, you can trot it. It's called a trot, not called a turkey sprint. It is in um, the town of Troy, New York. What I'm going to show you, you might have seen already. We need to break this down. You're going to see the finish line of a turkey trot. It's a 5K, 3.2 miles. And there's already the winner is in. So this is second place coming in, and this is third place coming in, and then you got a race for fourth place. And we got two down, almost three down in real time. All right, let me get into this. So there's a big controversy here in that these two people trying to get fourth place collide, go down, hit the pavement, and we're going to break this down. Second place is in in the orange, third place is in the red. And now here's the two trying to get fourth. And on the right, that guy who's already checking his watch, I'll get to that in a second. That guy's name is apparently Xavier Salvador, who feels the heat coming on his right and there's a little bit of a hip check into the other runner, into the barricade, into the photographer. Okay, that's Xavier Salvador from Washington, D.C., disqualified for unsportsmanlike conduct at the finish line after Jack Huber, who's the one who gets up like, dude, what the hell, Xavier, goes right into the barricades. I want to remind you, everybody, this is not for first place at the Olympics. This isn't even for third place at the turkey trot. This is fourth place, fourth. So if there even was a podium at the turkey trap for first, second, and third place, Xavier Salvador would not be in it. <laughs> if it was to win the turkey trot, maybe, maybe I start to see you working. But this is the difference between fourth and fifth. And he went out and checked him, 
and did almost a little bit of a soccer slide tackle. Now, you might say, what does this guy have to say for himself? Because this is Bush League. Salvador says he didn't see the runner coming on his right and stepped to the right to avoid a manhole cover, which sounds like a bunch of BS because I've gone deeps of brood around this thing. There's a manhole cover. Orange is running over it right now, but not in any way where Salvador swerves to the right. That's the manhole cover there, and he swerves well after. Didn't see somebody coming. He was already dusting you at the finish line. But then listen to this. Salvador says, Upon watching the video, someone could draw a different conclusion. Yeah, because you cross-checked them over the boards in Madison Square Garden like you're on the Rangers. Awful. And then you know what the most awful part of it of all is? Rubbing his race and I get all that. How about Salvador? When he scissor kicks this dude to the side, hits the ground, right to the watch! right to the Apple Watch to clock his third mile or clock his final 400 meters or to stop the stopwatch so as to maintain the integrity of his 5K time. No concern for the other runner. No concern for this female taking pictures right here. No concern for himself. Again, this is not someone racing for Kenya in the Olympics. This isn't even the Boston Marathon or the... New York Marathon. This is a nonsense, cockamamie, holiday trot. (laughs) I can't even believe they have an actual clock. The ones I go to, it's just, there's people handing out donuts and coffee and you jog for a while and wave to your neighbors. Man, they go down hard. Um, Amy Modesty is the photojournalist there with the camera. Now, if you're going to watch, the shrapnel hits her on the foot she rolls her foot up and injured her knee. She got hurt in this. She was covering the event. Runners landed on her. She sustained an injury. Huber, oh man, try to take your eyes off of Xavier for one and just watch Huber on the left, who is coming with a kick in the final stretch, and he's getting fourth place until, boom, man, they go down hard. And he gets up, dude, what are you doing? I can't believe there wasn't fisticuffs, but the photographer got hurt. Both she and Huber said they would both return to the turkey trot if given the opportunity. Oh, they should be given the opportunity. Xavier, you got to be out, man. You're out. You go way too hard on this thing. Now, let me just just entertain a couple hypotheticals to try to justify Xavier, the X-Man, the X-Man at the buzzer who has just had nothing left in the tank and decided, I'm not getting fifth. You're going into the stands. Maybe Xavier was going for, like, first in their age group. That's how these work sometimes. I've done a couple of them. I did a sprint triathlon, not to brag, like 10 years ago. It's like a weak person's triathlon. It's quick. It's easy. Maybe they were going to be first in their age group. Like, he's in the, Xavier's in the 30 to 38 or whatever the hell it is. And he knew that the person coming up was going to be. And it's like, oh, hell no. I want the T-shirt for first in my age group. Boom, into the boards. Maybe there's that. But um, I can't really justify it even still. I, and I can't believe they, he looks at his watch like that. Like, do you know how important that time has to be to you? That after you go face down in the pavement and someone else does and there's a photographer who gets rolled up, you didn't even think about saying, oh, I might have seriously injured somebody. I'm going to look right at my watch, though, but hold on. How about that last mile I put in? I know I ran out of gas a little bit at the end, but damn, I just hit a uh, 6.15 mile or whatever the hell is good for someone like him. Rough look.
can't be welcomed back. Just can't do it. And then he's got to go enjoy the rest of his day. His hands are all scraped up. His knees are scraped up. Hey, Xavier, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Oh, great. You brought the apple pie. Oh, what's wrong with your hands? What? Oh, you ran the turkey trot? What do you mean? You fell. I'm so sorry. Tell me what happened. Did someone trip you? Well, not exactly. Um, you know, I've been running that for years, and I've never finished top four, because everybody knows in racing, finishing fourth is really prestigious. Uh, so I was finishing fourth, and then this guy was fair and square going to run past me on the finish line. So, you know, I just threw an elbow into him, and we both went down. But anyway, uh, let's uh, start dinner. Xavier, come on, man. That was, that was not the look for Thanksgiving Day or any day. I could keep, just keep watching that video on a loop. That and the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot are making my week. But we have to move on because we have Josh Allen here. He's sitting here. I know. I know. I got to get to Xavier, though. He wants to come on. So let's get him in here. Let's run his little animation, the music he always likes, that he always dances to. This guy's a game in two days, and he's stopping by here while I'm talking about Lamar tweeting and some guy running a turkey trot. Without further ado, everybody, the one, the only, Buffalo Bills starting quarterback, Josh Allen. Let's go. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. And there he is. He hits his teammates with footballs and snowballs. I've seen him do it. He loves it. They love mm -hmm. it. We love him. Josh Allen, welcome back to the basement. What's up, bud? Hey, just hanging out. Just finished watching the uh, the World Cup game, USA. That was intense. Moving on. Go America. All right. So, Josh, you and I are talking right now. The game, I think the game ended like 90 seconds ago, 90 seconds before this conversation. Yeah. Take me through it, because I'm freaking out. I'm biting my nails. Tell me about the last few minutes for you sitting at home. Yeah, I mean, again, I, my heart's pounding. Um, you get the nine extra minutes of, of extra time there. There's yeah. a bunch of injuries throughout the game, and it just seemed like America just we couldn't get we could get the ball back. So it was a lot of in our own zone, a lot of balls in the box. Uh, yeah, we pulled it out. That was, that was tough. There's some questionable calls. And I don't watch soccer all that often, but that was right. intense. Yeah. I think the, uh, the announcers were on it. They said something like, everything's in play now. All that matters is winning, so you're going to see a lot of stuff go down in the last few minutes. Yep. And the players from Iran, they were trying. Like, they were, there was definite flops. They were looking for penalties. And you're like, oh, my God, they're going to get a penalty, and they're going to get a kick, and they're going to tie the game. And then they didn't. Are you – you're yeah. not typically into soccer, but, like, are you way into this World Cup? Because I'm feeling it. Absolutely. I, I got a lot of, a lot of pride. Um, I, I like 
you know, when the Olympics are on too, like I think we should all as a country be rooting for, for our guys and gals. So, um, yeah, it, dude, I'm like, I'm like legit shaking right now. I don't get, I don't like watch sports that often and get that way. Like when I watched Tiger, when I watched Kobe, that's how I felt. Yeah. But watching, watching USA right now, that was, I'm, I'm shaking for him. That was, that was awesome. It's nuts because I've seen you, like you play professional sports, dude. Like I've seen you on the field in huge moments and you have a really calm face. But now, like, let's just be honest, like you're shook right now. I can tell. We've talked every single week. You've, you've yeah. never come off like this because you got the buzz going. What's the, how do you so calm on your field, but so nervous watching them on theirs? Well, again, I think uh, the pressure, you know, when wearing it is a privilege. And, you know, I've been in so many different situations and types of games that, I feel like there's not really a situation that I haven't been in. Um, now every mm-hmm. game is different. The flow of the game is a little different. Um, but I mean, I've, I, that's what I do for a living. Like that's my job. I practice, yeah. I practice for that reason. So when I'm out there, I feel like I can be calm and collected and understand what's going on. But when it's something I can't control, it's that's when, you know, my nerves and start stuff start taking over. Did you ever play soccer at any age, any level? Yeah, as a, as a little kid, like six, seven, eight Did years you? old. And yeah. yeah, and then like recess and stuff, we'd, we'd grab a ball and we'd go out there, but um, not super competitive with that. Um, Sky is nervous as hell, too. I can tell Sky is shook. It's okay, yeah. girl. We, we won. We're advancing. Chill out. Everyone's fine. Sky's always part of the conversation. She can do whatever she wants. She's going to be okay? She's going to be great. She's got her little squeaker toy right now. I'm sure you can hear it going on. Uh, yeah. She wants to play fetch extremely badly. I just said that word, and she's staring at me now. So after this, I'm going to have to go well, outside. Well, if you need to chuck it, chuck it. Do whatever you need to do. Let's. Let, Sky is always welcome to act as ever she wants. Um, we have to. I wish we could talk the whole time about Thanks. soccer, but you and I have not talked. You played a game five days ago. It's crazy to think on Thanksgiving. And I, I didn't – they talked about this. Dude, you – I'm going to test your modesty now because you're very modest about stuff. You are the king of Thanksgiving. You are the first quarterback to win on Thanksgiving Day in all three time slots. It's never been done before. How's it feel? Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's all I got to say. Um, all right. That's what I figured you would say. Uh, are you ready? You know what we got to do next year? You got to hit for the cycle because next year there's going to be a Black Friday game, and you know they're going to drop you in it. Are you ready to play Friday after Thanksgiving? How do you feel about that? Is there actually going to be a Black Friday game? Yeah, it's coming. I'm serious. That's like a that's a real thing. Yes, it's next Friday. Next year it'll be a Black I, I Friday like, game. <laughs> I like playing on Thanksgiving, man. Three and zero. Our team plays pretty good. I I do every once in a while see like the ratings, and I feel like yeah. I think we broke a record this year, like the most watched game in Thanksgiving history, or something like that. So that's pretty cool. I, um, I the games are all they good. They were great. But you're gonna—I I have a feeling you're gonna be Friday next year, just because like Josh is broken Thursday. We have to play Friday. So let me ask you this: You win Thursday, you beat the Lions. You have not lost on Thanksgiving. You win in all three time slots. Do you get to have a Thanksgiving celebration? Like, how'd you spend the next day or so after that? No, I mean, so typically teams would, but we're Thursday to Thursday, so it's typical right. game week for us. We didn't have much time off. This next week we'll have a couple days off um, after the game, but. Because we play Thursday, Thursday, I've, I've never been a part of anything like that. Like our Friday was a Monday, our Saturday was mm. a Tuesday, got to have that day off. And, um, but didn't really celebrate thanks like with a Thanksgiving meal um, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, uh, but I, we still had some buddies over, still hung out and had a good time. 
Well, you know, today is a massive holiday as well. Today is the 29th birthday of Stefan Diggs. I know you're a gift giver. Right. You like to gift gives. Do you give Steph anything or do you have any plans to? Yeah, we'll, we'll get him something. Um, he, he's got a little party tonight, so I'll, 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 take him, oh, yeah? I'll take him something nice. Yeah. Okay. Like, how do you get a guy like him? I feel like he likes nice things. He's a very cool, clever guy. I've got to interview him a bunch of times. What type of thing do you get, Stefan Diggs? Do you have any ideas? I mean, what do you get the man that has everything? I, I don't know fashion. I, know. I can't get him anything fashion. He's got all – he's got everything. Um, but I know I know there's, there's some um, certain juices and beverages that he's a, a fan of, so I'll get him a nice bottle of some, some juice. Oh, some juice and some beverage. Everybody always likes that, especially here in the middle of the week. It's getting a little bit cold. Speaking of the two of you, um, just give me a little story time. You're so good at this. The Lions last week were just as tough as you thought they would be. Really tough, like there to play, leading late. You hit Steph with the throw to set up the game winner. To Take me through that play and just everything that went in it because it was glorious, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was – it would have been the f- – I mean, we, it was on a short week. So I talked to Dorsey on Wednesday. I think we were just getting on the plane and he comes mm-hmm. up to me and says, Hey, I'm also going to add this play in here if they give us this look. And it was the, the, the last play. And it was the exact same look that he had saw on tape. And he brought it up to me. He's like, you're mm-hmm. cool, cool with this. And I was like, absolutely. Didn't rep it in practice. Just kind of went out there, called a different formation than really what we don't typically run. And Steph just put a clinic on, on the route there and, and got it protected and just uh, try to give him a ball he can catch. Is that the kind of play where you're pretty sure you're going to 14 on that one? Like, you, you know, you're going to see the whole field, but there's a high probability, given especially that situation, you're going to give it to your guy? Yeah, I mean, given on that, like as soon as I saw the coverage after the snap, like he's my only throw here. So mm-hmm. there's certain times where it's like, all right, I see post high, outside, let me work outside. Like, they went split safety. They played like a 55, which is our two mans, what we call it. And yeah, Steph just, again, put a, put a fantastic route on. And he made an unbelievable catch. He's getting hit with a hand right in his face as he's coming down, almost spins out of the dang thing and then gets up and calls a timeout. Like, yeah, he's, he's moving in slow-mo. It was crazy. So the week before, when you guys had beat Cleveland in the same stadium, you and I talked about the touchdown to Steph, and I said, where did that throw go on the 1 to 10 on the Josh Allen arm scale meter? And you said it came out pretty warm, an 8.5, even a 9. Moving forward to the Lions game, where was that throw on the Josh Allen arm scale 1 to 10? Was that the big dog? Like, where are we on that? I mean, that that was a a 9.5. Yeah, I I stepped into that one. Um, I like the term. I, I put two cheeks into that one. So, uh, yeah, that, I had to, though. I had, I had to keep it low. I had to get it to him now. Um, again, you don't usually get to throw those, but it's nice when you can. A double cheek throw in a play that you had never repped before, even in practice? We hadn't repped it. Like, that's a play that we've had in, but we haven't called it. I don't know if we've called it all year or repped it all year this year. Yeah. But we've had it in the past. Um, yeah, so what happens when you have guys though that know what they're doing, care about their jobs, and just want to win football games. Just awesome. And you did, and T-Bass comes in, nails the kick. There was a shot, you know, you mentioned how many people were watching that game, 
and you and Steph have a very powerful emotional moment on the on this on the sideline, and you're hugging him and you're talking to him. It was really cool to see. What was that moment like for you? I mean, it was it was really cool. Like Steph, he's he's like a brother to me. It was obviously obviously Thanksgiving, so I wanted to give some thanks. Uh, he came up to me and you know just kind of got to an off to a slow start during that game and the last few possessions. I was just like, I'm just going to trust him. And he just wanted to let me know he appreciated that. And he uh, appreciated me and saying, you know, the feeling was mutual. And uh, yeah, it was a cool embrace. It was. As a consumer of memes, did you get to see some of the memes of that moment? Oh, yeah. I saw I saw a few of them. I saw a few of them. I, I like uh, Big Cats. Uh, what do you have? He switched Steph's name. He he switched Steph's name and said Diggs on the back, obviously. And he put it to coffee. Big Cat's got a big, big coffee kick. Oh, big yeah, I heard. Big Cat. Yeah. My best friend. Um, well, listen, I love Big Cat, too, but I love some JA-17 blend. That's my coffee. Yeah. That's yeah. all I drink in this house or any other house at Wegmans only. Josh, tell the people about it. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't know when we're having having them on, but let's buy your uh, your coffee, your sauces, Yes. Um, let's get you off. Let's get get you on the podcast with me and Kyle here. We can talk about various different things, all kinds of things. Um, you know, you, you were talking about you as a pitch man. I understand today you had a like sort of an, a, an appointment for Gillette. You got the Gillette commercials out, Josh. You got the Frito Lay commercials out. You do a very nice job with them. Um, do you like that process? Is it fun? Is it challenging? What's it like to be in those commercials? Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth. Um, some of those yeah. media days can be pretty long. Like when you're doing a, like a commercial shoot and something I never thought like I'd be a part of or be in. I know. Um, there's a lot, a lot of downtime for a little bit of screen time. And I don't think people realize <laughs> that. Like when and I tell them some of the stuff that I do for those shoots, it's like, oh, they didn't just record you like walking in. And like and I was like, no, it's, I, I walked in 10 different times. And then I had to go switch and change clothes and do that another extra five times. Like there's so much that goes into it. And, um, you know, I've been able, been fortunate to work with some, some really cool people. Um, but yeah, those days can be long and hectic, but again, it's, it's fun. It's something as a kid, like watching TV, like even now, like watching TV, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's me. That's pretty cool. And it's just like surreal. Like you don't really, I don't really think twice about it, but it is, uh, it is different. And you do a good job with it. And listen, I, ha- I have a little experience. I want to give you a compliment. 20 years ago, I used to live in L.A. and I used to be an actor. And I would always go in as an audition for those Gillette commercials, like every couple of months. And they would always have to do the same stuff. You pretend that you were shaving. And then you do that shot where you're like, yeah, I'm satisfied with that smooth shave. And I'm a handsome man. And it's hard to do that. But you nail it. Did you have to do that a million times? No, I mean, I did it one time. I shaved my face on, one on the screen. That one was that. That one was completely real. Um, no, it, great job. One yeah, take, to, Alan. To, to sit there, to sit there and look at yourself <laughs> in the eye and like give like a wink or something on camera is yeah. not my forte. I'm sure some people enjoy doing that. It's tough for me. I know. And you got a director pushing you to like wink and take a deep breath and be all contemplative and really get it. It's, it's difficult, but you pull it off. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, this would be like if I was throwing football and you'd be like, yeah, you throw it. Okay. Is Sky need a snack or anything like that? We got to talk about the pets first and then we'll get you out of here and you can play catch. Everything all right with Sky? Yeah. She's great. She is um, chomping at the bit to go play some fetch. She's good. 
What's the toy she's got? What is it? What'd you get her? It's this little purple squeaky toy. She's obsessed with it. Oh, great. Just find what she likes. You keep getting it for her. Um, Josh, it's yeah. Patriots Week. Patriots Week for you. Does it feel different from the other weeks throughout the schedule? No. And I, I, I keep getting asked this question. Like, it, it means more, yada, yada, yada. It, it's, it's, it's a game week for us. It's the same game that we've been playing this whole time. We're just trying to go one and know. For the fans, it, it means more. Absolutely. And I understand that. But – you know, we understand that it's a division game and we got to win these. And every time we step on the field, we're trying to win a football game. Um, mm. We know it's going to be a hostile environment, you know, in Foxborough. Uh, the way division games are, are tough to win, doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, so we got to put our best foot forward. We've had a good week of practice. Now it's all about going out there next to I was doing the math. Belichick won his first Super Bowl when you were five. What is your first memory growing up, as much as you love football, your first memory of seeing this Patriots coach with this hoodie on on the sidelines? Do you remember? Um, I just remember, like, the, the interviews, the questions that he would get asked and just the, the subtle, like, one-word answers. Like, mm. and then he still does it, and that's just kind of how he handles the media, and he does it in such, like, a unique way. And um, obviously I had Coach Dable, who was with – Belichick for a long time um, with the coach there. Um, and he just kind of told me the thought process of like what to talk about, how to talk about it, like always getting it back to the team, like giving away information without giving away information, kind of like the same, I wouldn't say rehearsed answers over and over again, but you know, we're not trying to create any bulletin board material. Like that's, that's the main thing, like keep it about the team, you know, and, and move on. And so that's kind of how I try to try to take it. I always give the, the cliche answers, um, but I do mean it. Like, again, what, we're trying to go on and know each and every week, and that's, that's as mm-hmm. big as we'll make each game. Belichick is famously selective about giving out praise. He is effusive about you, man. He really, really likes your game and has amazing things to say about you. Do you have any, any stories or memories about interactions with him since you've come in the league and you play them twice a year, sometimes three times? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I, I've got so much admiration and respect for him and his Hall of Fame career, and, like, his resume speaks for itself. It really does. Um, you know, probably the greatest coach to ever coach this game. And last year after the divisional game, he actually, like, like I, I had media to do after the game, so I'm always usually the last one to leave the locker room. And he actually, like, came in and, and talked with me for, for a few minutes, um, which I thought was really, really admirable. and cool for him to do. And I know he doesn't do that too often. So um, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're doing something right. Um, yeah. I got a lot of respect for him. And he does for you too. Um, it's, it's almost time to go play fetch. But we have to do our latest chapter of the Josh Allen film festival. Yep. Let's bring it up every single week. Josh loves movies. He watches a movie that was came out before he was born. Everything from Shawshank to groundhog day, the fugitive planes, trains and automobiles. Princess Bride was the most controversial rating, but as I've said a million times, it's the Josh Allen Film Festival, not yours and not mine. Josh, um, this week you watched 1987's uh, Major League. It sounds a little bit like this. His first offering, just a bit outside. He tried a bit to outside. <laughs> All right. So what do you think, man? Major League, your first time ever seeing it. I uh, freaking, I loved it. Again, it's, it's a sports movie that's not about – like 
the like the feel good political this that like mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. i mean you got some some bad dudes you got willie may willie may's a's right when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep. Right. Is that his name? Yep. Willie Mays Hayes. You got Wild Thing. Um, Jake Taylor. Like, again, just guys that, like, when you think of, like, bad boys of the time, like, that's – those are those guys. And the whole trying to sell the team and not having any fans. And I, it, this isn't based off a true story, though, is it? No, no, there was never like they okay. never stripped the owner naked win by win. I wish they did, but that that didn't happen. It's not yeah. it's a made up thing. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of movies that say they're based on true stories. Which I know. Are, which there's another few bonus, especially some of these sports movies, which I'm not going to bring up. Oh, yeah. I, could, I could name a few that I got some real problems with. But this one, I mean, it was awesome. I'm giving this an A, like just Charlie Sheen. He's like, I didn't realize I how good of an actor he was until watching this. Like. I'd seen him in Two and a Half Men. There's a couple other movies that I've seen him yeah. in. Like, this is kind of like his movie. Like, this is his, like, coming out party, if you will. Um, yeah. And, yeah, to play to play Wild Thing. And, like, that's still, a, like, that's a notable thing. Like, everybody knows who Wild Thing is. Like, even, like, yeah. as a young kid, I remember hearing the term Wild Thing. I didn't understand it until, until now, but um, it was awesome. Yeah, and he's obviously, as we know, wild off the the field as well. He straight up admitted that back in the day, he took steroids for three months just for that movie, like so he could throw harder. Just admitted it. That's like what you did in the 80s. And if you're feeling the Charlie Sheen vibe, you could go watch Wall Street. You could go watch Platoon. Like he was on fire back in the day. We'll talk the next time about which sports movie you want to call BS on and why it's Rudy. But um, I want to make sure we give you your assignment for the next one. <laughs> Even, I mean, everybody calls BS on Rudy. All the NFL players are like, Rudy is so full of crap, right? <laughs> that one, and I, I got another one to my mind. It's going to cause, it's going to ruffle some feathers. So I'm going to keep it to myself. All right. We'll talk my about that next time. Um, okay. Oh, really? All right. Listen, Josh, it's time to play fetch. But we, uh, I realized in the film festival, we have not watched the Schwarzenegger movie, and that's really important. Okay. He's massive in the 80s and the 90s. So we put up a poll to everybody, and we said, here's four. Uh, Predator 1 over Commander, Commando Total Recall, which features a woman with three breasts, and The Terminator. Have you seen any of those? And most importantly, have you seen 1987's Predator? I have not seen Predator, so I, I don't think I've seen right. any of these. All right, so Predator 1... Um, and I did my homework already. There are several Family Guy jokes about Predator, okay. including one where the Predator's heat vision sees Peter fart. So that might ding your radar a few times because I know that comes up. But that's Predator. Watch it whenever you get a chance. And, dude, you're the best. Everybody get J17 Blend at Wegmans. And good luck against the Patriots, man.
Thank you, Cal. Appreciate it. Bye, Josh. Bye, Sky. See you guys. Say it with me. That's our guy. That is our guy. We bid him adieu. We bid him uh, fond farewell to beat those pesky New England Patriots this week, and we will see him next week. Until then, I have uh, a dart in my hand. I'm not going to uncork my own personal 10 on the Kyle Brandt arm strength meter, but I will give it a pretty good ride. Uh, we have 20 topics. Whatever number it hits, there's a corresponding topic. Let's go to the Sky Cam. We'll go with the United Kingdom today. And the number it's going to hit today is... That eh, doesn't count. Let me give it one more. And the number it's going to hit today is 15. 15. Topic number 15, if you please. There they are. Oh, man. Couldn't I have just hit 11? What was the first car you owned? Celebrity you want to have dinner with. Huh. Um, all right. Well, I'm not going to take this the creepy female route because, you know, I'm a married guy. I'm married 12 years now. So I'm not going to say uh, Gal Gadot. I um, wouldn't say that. I think um, no kids, just the two of us. I think I want someone who's going to want to eat a lot. Gonna want to drink a lot, and someone who's gonna have stories. Cause I just want to sit there and listen. I don't want to do the work. I'm increasingly antisocial as I get older, so I just want to sit there and listen to stories. You know who I'd like to go out? To? I don't know. This name just popped in there. I'd like to have dinner with John Goodman. John Goodman. I think if there was an acting Hall of Fame, I think he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. Guy's going on 30, 40 years now. I just ask, just tell me stories. Tell me stories about when you were the head coach in Revenge of the Nerds. Tell me about Roseanne. I want to hear, you know he played Babe Ruth? Remember that movie? Not Babe with the pig, The Babe. As John Goodman as Babe Ruth. I want to hear about that. We talk about Lebowski, Righteous Gemstones. But he's done everything. He's worked with everybody. Um, he seems to be incredibly gregarious. I don't hear bad stories about him like he's tough to work with on set. He's got that perfect, like identifiable voice. I think everyone in the restaurant would be charmed to see him. I think the server would be charmed to serve him. I'd certainly be charmed to, to sit with him. If you would ask me this morning, who would I have said to have dinner with? I would never have said John Goodman. I'm sitting here on the Peloton. That's the name that popped in there. Hall of Fame actor, hugely identifiable movies, um, great voice, great storyteller, I'm sure. Um, is that movie... 15 Cloverfield Lane or whatever the hell that was that like pseudo sequel to that weird movie Cloverfield he's awesome in that movie these people are in a um, like a bunker because they think it's the end of the world and they can't go outside he's so creepy and so good love John Goodman that's the man right there that's what I'd have dinner with love you guys love Josh Allen love everybody watching from the basement uh, that's me from the Peloton we will be back tomorrow with a a lot more talk about the NFL, and it's a big, big, big week. Great games this weekend, and Bills Patriots Thursday night. I'm out of here. Thank you. Love you. Goodbye.